everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you are alone, or all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter. And every week, we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture. In this episode, we are talking about the story in the book of Esther and really focusing in this episode, the provision of God. And even when we can't see him, even when we don't know what he's doing, he is always at work in our story and in our lives. And So we are really glad that you're here, and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hey, Mom. So this is a little switch. Uh, A switch from what? Well, I usually decide what we're going to talk about, and you you don't know exactly what I'm going to say. And sometimes you'll know a little bit, but generally it's— Yeah. I think this is the same thing, though. No, because you said, let's talk about Esther. So you kind of brought it up. I did, but— I did bring up the book, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what we're going to talk about with Esther. Well, I, oh dear, because I don't either. Because, well, <laughs> oh, I know, because. Did you, was I supposed to come prepared? Oh, well, <laughs> one would think. I was just thought because you said, I was reading Esther and I just love it. And I just thought there's, yeah, there's a lot in there. So, well, and I thought it was a little different. We haven't really talked a ton about. Old Testament stuff. Oh, my goodness. That's all we talk about? Okay, that was okay. a lot. I guess, <laughs> Starting off good. I guess... Um, we haven't talked about women. I guess I feel like we talk... Oh, yeah, we've talked about women. We haven't talked about Esther. Oh, we think we only did one episode on Esther, which was last year when we went through the whole Bible on the podcast. But so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it could be like a change up from... Talking about Moses and Abraham and Joshua and Jacob, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. We talk about Jesus yeah, too. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's funny because you said let's talk about Esther, and I'm thinking, well, what caught your eye when you were reading Esther? Like, because I mean, it's a great book, and ironically, <laughs> it did not come from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> is there anything about Esther that you just like? Wow. I think, well, I don't know, like, wow. I think that there's a lot in Esther. There is. And I think it is really interesting that God is not mentioned mm-hmm. in the entire book of Esther. And it's in the Bible because I don't know all of the things, but I do know when they were deciding what was going to be in the Bible, like the, what was that council? Canon. The um, No, it's going to be in the canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, God not being in, like, it's just a big deal that the fact that God is not mentioned in it, which obviously is super intentional that it's in the Bible because God is very much at play in this entire story. So I guess I really like, I don't know, always encouraging to me to see God in the details because 
sometimes it feels like, God, do you care? God, do you see what's going on? Because it can seem like he's not doing anything, but the reality is he is so in the details. So I think that's one thing that always sticks out to me when I read through the book of Esther is just how it's like the provision of God. Like he's not mentioned in this book, but he is very much at play because of there's, you can't, the way that this whole story plays out, it's more than a coincidence. I just feel like you can't say like, oh, that's just a coincidence. I'm like, I'm sorry. There's like 10,000 coincidences that happen in the mm-hmm. story. And if anything, it makes me, it reminds me that there's a God, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's not mentioned. So I think that's like something that's super powerful because I think it can seem like in our lives that God is not active at yeah. play, but he is always at play. He is always moving pieces and you know, God is actively involved in our lives. And I get what you're saying. Because so oftentimes we're like, God, do you know what's going on? You know, sometimes our circumstances and the events that happen in our lives, and we talk about this a lot, the journey, our journey. Sometimes we look at it and go, you know, I don't know where we're going because I'm not really sure I like this path. And when you look at the book of Esther mm-hmm. and how that the queen, you know, refuses to go before the king when the king, you know, yeah. ask the queen before right, Esther, queen, yeah, Queen Vas- Vashti, Vashti, yeah, When Queen, you know, the king, they're having, you know, a uh, he's having a party, and they're starting to drink, and he asks for the queen to come and show her beauty. You know, she, oh, you know, he was kind of bragging, mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, look at my wife, or look at the queen, yeah. she's beautiful, and she refuses to come. And talk about consequences, that's not one, because that's unheard of in this culture. And the fact that she would not come when the king, you know, uh, called for her, all the men, is is, is like you could almost literally put this on TV today. Like, all the men are panicking, like, wait a minute, like, we cannot have this happen. We cannot get the word out that she did not come. It's like she disrespected yes, the king. Yes, and if the word gets out, then all the women, this is so funny, all the women are going to think they can act just like her. Like, in other words, what we say they're supposed to do, I mean, it would not go well in this culture, but they're, no, it would not. they're basically saying is, our reputation is at stake here, king. you got to do something. And I don't know if the king was mad that she didn't come or not, but, but what he did not want to do was look bad in front of all the men, but then the men were like, you know, don't make us look bad. So he was really put in a situation, which is where God used the culture, God used the situation, God uses the guy's pride and all these men to do something that now, as you say, is in, is written about her. Well, and that's just the one of many yeah. things. Like, I don't even, you know, like, that's just the beginning of it all. And yeah, Esther... I mean, she, the fact that she's Jewish and becomes a queen, mm-hmm. like that's in a Persian, crazy in and of itself. Uh, city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, the fact that, she, like you said, she's Jewish is like ironic because she's really there to save the Jews, but she goes as a Jew and she doesn't say that she's Jewish and she gets picked. So back to the story, if you don't know it, when the queen refused to come, the first queen refused to come, and the men get all upset, then instead of killing her, which I thought was ironic, because I would have thought that might have been a choice in that culture, but instead of killing her, they just put her aside, and they're saying, well, we're going to replace you, which maybe that's a mm-hmm. slap in a woman's face, nice. too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that would be nice. Well, Thank I mean, you. other than killing you, but it may be like, 
you know, replacing you, then you're living, always knowing that you had this power, you had this prestige, you had this authority, yeah. and now you have nothing. Well, it doesn't seem like she cares. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she didn't go see the king, kind of, I kind of feel like she doesn't care. She might <laughs> be glad to be out of that um, Oh, I think she position. cared. I don't know. I think Who knows? She, I but. don't know. I've never talked to her. But I think she cared because she wanted to be in control. So she was all about power. Oh. She's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to do it. So she definitely had this, you know, streak in her that she wanted control and power. Ironically, she lost it. But uh, I think, you know, she probably did care. I, I just think that God uses all of those things. And I think what you're talking about is the uh, character and the power and the providence and the way that God does things in our lives. And when we look at it, we're like, how did that really happen? And, you know, sometimes things in our lives that happen, we're immediately going, wow, you know, look what God did. But when things aren't going so well, it's hard for us to say, wow, look what God is doing. Right. Well, and back to the story, because I feel like we haven't even gotten into Mm -hmm. Esther yet, that when Esther becomes queen, you know, she's picked. She goes through like a year of beauty Which treatments. I like, I like it. Um, if there's one thing about this Bible, <laughs> this story I like, it's like she had a year to get looking good. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. give me that. <laughs> give me the makeup. I like I might yeah. need more than that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so she's being raised by her uncle because they're exiles from when, you know, Israel was taken over. So they're in this Persian mm-hmm. city and Mordecai is like at the gates or something Anyway, he saves the king from being killed. Mm-hmm. Being being killed, yes. And so the king is very grateful and is like, "Hey, I want to honor you." And he forgets mm-hmm. to honor Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Um, and all this is—I feel like all these details. This is what I mean by I just think it's so fascinating because there's all these details at play, which goes into the part that you mm-hmm. read, where it's like Esther becomes queen. She so happens her uncle just so happens to be. He sits at the gates, and he happens to overhear mm-hmm. this plot against the king, you know, reports the people, saves the king's life. Um, the king wants to honor Mordecai, but forgets to honor Mordecai. And all while, this evil man is wanting to kill the Jews. And the reason that they wanted to kill the Jews is because the fact that they would not honor, like Mordecai wouldn't bow down. Mordecai, you know, was Jewish, and he remained to be known, I mean, even though Esther didn't talk about the fact that she was Jewish, but he did not uh, bow down to the king and paid, you know, worship of, you know, the king. And so uh, Haman gets mad that he doesn't feel like he's being respected. And so he wants to kill Mordecai. And what was ironic, I think, is Mordecai's like, you know what, he's just mad at the Jews. Like, he might say that he's mad at me. But he's really against the Jewish people because he knew that the Jewish people would not bow down to kings. Um, we're just like Daniel and all, you know, the same thing. Yeah, and I think it really shows Haman's evilness because it's not like, like you said, he's not just mad at Mordecai. Right. It's like, I mean, he could have gone against Mordecai. He could have like set arms mm-hmm. to like, let's kill this guy. But he went so far to be like, I don't want to just kill this one man. I want to kill anyone like him. Right. <laughs> and probably, like, yeah, like you said, because the Jews, I mean, everyone knew, you know, the Jews served Yahweh, the mm-hmm. one true God. So, yeah, I think he, I think that just shows like his evilness and his pride. 
from the beginning and it gets worse as the story goes on. But I think it's, it's so like going into the part that you read, I don't know. I feel like this is such a common phrase of like for such a time as oh, yes. this. Oh, yes. Oh, no, Like we hear mm-hmm. that. All. Yeah. And it is a super powerful and it's rightly so, you know, one to take note of because it's like you don't, for whatever season you're in, like if Esther hadn't become, if Vashti hadn't have done what she had done to the king, and then if Esther hadn't become queen, if Mordecai hadn't have overheard, you know, there's so many things like that hadn't happened. Who knows what would have happened to the Jews? I mean, I'm sure God would have spared them some way. But Mordecai going to Esther saying, hey, like, you've got to, like, this guy is wanting to kill our people, like, completely annihilate right. them. I mean, like, Holocaust right. style. Like, this is, it was a very big deal. And, yeah, like, she probably wouldn't have spared either just because she's in the king's, mm-hmm. you know, council. But there's just such a bigger story at play. And I think that's the thing of like with the whole for such a time as this is it's not for such a time as this for you. Mm -hmm. It's like you get to be a part. We get to be a part of God's story. Like for such a time as this, God has placed you in this role or in this position or in this season or whatever it is so that you can see God's power, so that you can be a part of what God is doing and like the bigger picture of his story Mm -hmm. so that you can like walk in faith. You know, like the whole, when she says, if I perish, I perish. Like that is, that's a big statement. Yeah, like like, I don't, you know, I'm willing to die for uh, the Jewish people. And, and, And it's not just the Jewish people, even though we know that that was, you know, definitely all through Esther about the Jewish people are going to, like you said, going to be wiped out. And that was certainly the concern of Esther. But with Mordecai, it, and it was like, I'm not going to bow down and, and worship you. I'm not going to, you know, bow down and worship anyone but God. And so it was a faith thing. It was a, a religious of his relationship with God. And Mordecai was saying, look, you, you're in this place because God put you in this place. And and she, you know, realized that, and you know, she realized that Haman was definitely right in the ear of the king and was telling the king's all, you know, lies about her people. And he didn't know that she was Jewish. But as what Mordecai was saying, when he finds out, do you not think that you're going to live too? And so he uses logic, he uses wisdom, but he sees. But Mordecai sees the overall picture. He sees what's going on. And I don't know if Esther's, you know. Got caught up in her beauty treatment. I think she's a kid. I mean, yeah, she's very young. Yeah, I think Mordecai had adopted her. He, she was his cousin. I think too. Like Mordecai has. I think a lot of times we can gain wisdom through experience. So Mordecai, being older than Esther, a lot older, he lived through the exile of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Like he was way more aware. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know how, how old Esther was, but I, she definitely was a child. So I think that there's this element, too, where Mordecai probably has seen God work, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot more and seen how he, you know, preserved Esther Esther and Mordecai, because I'm sure half their family got, you know, murdered in the exile and every Anyway, so I think that plays a part of like this wisdom that Mordecai has and this strength of faith where he's like, I know God can protect us because he has before, but also like you may be the tool Mm -hmm. that he's, and I know that, you know, God will. And I think it's really 
interesting, the parallel of what Mordecai is asking Esther to do, to go before the king without being right. summoned, because we haven't touched on that, of like to go to the king without being Which summoned. against the law, you could not do that. Is a life se- mm-hmm. sentence, right. So it's kind of like an interesting, like Queen Vashti gets, you know, replaced because she did not go mm-hmm. when she was yeah. summoned. And Esther is wanting to go without being summoned. And she like, could be replaced by going. Well, I think it was probably a bigger... From what it seems like, it seems like it's a bigger deal to go without being right. somebody. Maybe not. Maybe they're both as just as bad. But she's very aware of that. And so is mm-hmm. Mordecai. I mean, they're yeah. like, this is, I don't even know how to compare it to modern day times. But yeah, it's basically walking in front of the barrel of a gun saying, you know, shoot me. And trusting that they don't shoot you, basically. All for the sake of their faith and for the sake of trying to save. But, and you know, another thing, you know, Karen, Jewish people. again, we're putting a lot into the scripture that is not here. So I want to make that comment because, like I said, we've not talked with Mordecai or Esther about this, but we do know that it was against the law for her to approach the king without being asked. We do know that the first queen got replaced because she wouldn't go in front of the king. And so I think it could be from the the heels of that, I don't know exactly how long period of time. I know that she was getting ready for a year, but still the king probably had in his mind or the awareness of, again, what it would look like if the rules aren't taken into consideration. Um, the first queen would not come. It was a rule that when the king summoned the queen, she used to come. That was a rule. She, you know, she disobeyed the rule and, you know, got replaced. And now here is... Uh, Esther, knowing all this is stirring up with Mordecai and the Jews, knowing she is a Jew, and now Mordecai is saying, you've got to go and go in front of the queen. And so I think that, I mean, the king. And so I think a lot of this is playing, it's, it's all of this, these details make a difference is what we're talking about, is that God's in the details. God is working through all these things. So it's not just like, well, I'm the queen now. I can just go in front of the king whenever I want to. It, it just wasn't the same. It's just, you know, it wasn't a situation that was that cut and dry. And so I think what we're saying is, and what we want to say, and what's the whole purpose of all of this, is the fact that God works through miraculous ways. He works through things that you just don't even think maybe God's hand is even in it. I mean, it definitely doesn't appear to think that God would be in the midst of all of this because of the situation of uh, Haman wanting to kill Mordecai and all the Jews. And, you know, God had promised that the Jews would always have a remnant. And so here is a situation that maybe, you know, we don't know this, but definitely they were Jewish and they knew that. But I think it sounds like to me when I'm reading Esther, it's not like Mordecai is thinking, oh, God's going to take care of us because we're a remnant and God's promised. I think he just got so caught up in the world and what was going happening on. Well, he said all the Jews were going to be done, you know, killed. I know, but he said, Mordecai said, for if you keep, it's part of the, ver- the verse 14 and Chapter four, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. That's true. But you and your father's house will perish. Like, I think he's, what it seems this like. This guy's going to use you. You get the he's opportunity. basically saying, what, how I read that is, Esther, if you keep silent, God is going to deliver 
us in some way or another. We, like you and I may die, but he will spare the Jews overall. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to like him seeing the faithfulness. how God mm-hmm. spared the Jews. Yeah. And the exile. And so I think he's seeing like God's going to spare the Jews. You and I may mm-hmm. die and deliverance may come from a different way. But, and that's when he goes, you know, but who knows, you know, whether maybe you came into the kingdom so that like we can be a part of the story so that we can be a part of God for you such know, a time as saving this. us yeah. and yeah and i think that's a good point cuz and i even read that but i was thinking of you know that the jews were you know he was wanting to kill all the jews and i knew that god was saying you were going to have a remnant and so yes i can see you know just you seeing that reminded me of mordecai was saying we get to be a part of what god's doing and if you miss this opportunity god's going to still be faithful to his word but well, because yeah, I think he was a devout Jew and knew the story of Abraham and Isaac mm-hmm. and Jacob and knew, okay, I know the, promises. the promise mm-hmm. that I know the promises of God from, you know, our patriarchs. And I know that God is going to spare the Jews. So we're not, it's like he knew that the Jews were not going to be annihilated mm-hmm. completely, but he thought we may die, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> he's going to save at least some of us. So, and I think that's like the uh, amazing and I mean, Esther had to have faith. I don't want to like, you know, I think Mordecai's faith helped Esther's faith, you know, like, and I think that goes back to even the discipleship that we mm-hmm. talked about last week, where Mordecai is discipling Esther and in this whole, this whole mm-hmm. story, you know, like he was the one that, I mean, God really used Mordecai oh, more yeah. than Esther in a lot of ways. I mean, if it wasn't for Mordecai, Esther wouldn't be, um, I mean, if it wasn't for God, but you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like God just really used Mordecai in the life of Esther. And I think this is also a really great example of discipleship and the importance mm-hmm. of it because like she sees right. it, you know, she's receptive to what he's saying and she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, gather all the Jews, let's pray, let's fast. Like I will, I will mm-hmm. do this. You know, I sitting here thinking about just the fact that Mordecai was so concerned about his people and obviously Esther too. He's like, you know, if I die, I die. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I want you to call all the Jews and I want you to fast. And, you know, it doesn't say pray, but prayer and fasting was definitely. But it um, does. Prayer and fasting go along ahead. Oh, I guess I, yeah, I guess I just, I inserted that because it says hold a fast on behalf and don't eat or drink. Yeah, I guess I just assumed. Because it, fasting and praying, (laughs) fasting and praying go (laughs) hand in hand. But anyway, so again, it's implied. But what. Uh, Esther is, you know, realized because Esther again is in the king's council, and and Mordecai is in the world. He's in seeing what's going on, and so Mordecai is saying, "I'm watching yeah. this, you know, happening, and I'm I'm having to deal with Haman every day, and he's building, you know, <laughs> a, you know, a uh, gallow for somebody to be killed, and looks like it's going to be me." But the thing that I think what we're wanting to say is how God uses everything to get his will done. And what he said is, I'm going to save and spare remnant of Jewish people. And then Mordecai being faithful to say, I'm not going to bow. He had a relationship with the Lord. He was very faithful to, to God. And then he reaches out to you know Esther and say, you know, if you think you just got to be queen because you're beautiful, you're wrong. There's a higher thing going on here. Right. There's, there's a, bigger, a bigger picture. Which I think can be applied, yeah, to yes, our lives. It's like whatever we're like you are not where you are 
whatever that means, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're working or whether you're in a season of heartbreak or joy or I don't know, whatever it is, like it, there's a bigger story at play. And I think it, we so often forget that. I do. That is really the entire message of Esther is the fact that God is provident. God is in control and he uses all things. Not all things are good, but he uses all of those things and that you are in the situation. You are where you are right now. And it may not be the path that you wanted to go to get where you are right now, but you are there and that God wants you to see way beyond just where you are and to see his faithfulness and to see who he is and and that God may just have a plan for your life that way, you know, goes way beyond where you are right this minute. I think we always talk about God's story, like what's God's story in your life? And I hear about God's uh, story in so many people's lives. And I was, you know, talking to someone just the other day about them having to deal with cancer and how she never dreamed in a million years that she was having to go through what she was having to go through. But she said to me, but I, I, I look at it now and the way that I know God and, and how he is in my life right now, I would not want to go back. But I see now, I'm not, and she said this, I'm not saying that God gave me cancer. I'm just saying that God is using all of these things and I would not know him. And she was talking about her relationship with God and how she, you know, listens to scripture and praise music and how she prays all the time. She never did that before. And as she was talking, Kara, she said, the hair uh, on my arm, she said, my arms, I've got chill bumps on my arms. She was so in, excited just to talk about God. And I know this lady, this was not her story before. We can always look at our circumstances and get bitter and turn from God, or we can look at our circumstances and be faithful and just say, God, I don't know what you're doing in my life. I don't know why these details are my story. But I do know that you want to use all of these things. And I think we're so caught up in our story about what you know we've done or what we've accomplished. And, and we throw God in there every once in a while. We say, you know, God's allowed me to do this or God's allowed me to get to where I am at this point. But really and truly, I believe that our story and what God is doing should be all about God. This is God's story in my life. My story and my choices and the things that have happened in my life, they're not going to change anyone else's life. I, my story isn't going to encourage you to trust God. But when I tell the details of my story and 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 you know, explain how God has used all of that for me to have an intimate relationship with the Lord, then God becomes the hero of the story. And I think Mordecai, yes, is huge in this story. Esther is named after Esther. But really, this is really, God is the hero in this story of how God's used it. Oh, of course. There's so much more in the story, too, because I think it also shows, it's like Esther ask them to go fast. And I'm assuming Mm -hmm. pray. We Mm -hmm. don't know that for sure because they don't say that, but to go fast. And I think, and it's just like the timing of, I don't know why, you know, I think that also is where she made up when she, I think also the timing of her saying, let's wait three days. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. something that's super important. Like there's just wisdom in all of that. There's this, okay, let's like fast. Let's not like, this is, 
Like, let's wait on the Lord. Like, there's a part where we have to rely on the Lord, but there's also a part that we play. Mm -hmm. You know, like, she fasted. She asked the Jews to fast. She waited three days. She had to go before the king and ask. Mm -hmm. She made a plan. To do something about this. Yeah, and she made a plan. So I think, like, that's also important, too, is sometimes, like, we see both in that story. We see her waiting, but we see her taking action. Mm -hmm. We see her, you know, relying on the Lord, but also she you know, had to step out of the boat, mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. Make our plan. And, yeah. I feel like there's so much in this book. Like, we haven't even gotten to the end of the story yet. That's right. <laughs> so I didn't realize, yeah, like, once we get talking about it. So maybe we can finish this next mm-hmm. week, um, getting to the end of the story, because it's such a cliffhanger. I mean, I guess you could go read it if you're wanting to know what happens with the whole story. But I feel like there's just so much more in one of my favorite parts we haven't even touched on yet. But I think, yeah, like there's just this bigger, this bigger picture of like God's inviting us into his story mm-hmm. and God is, you know, in all the details, even when we don't see yeah. it. I think we probably need to, you know, talk about this again next week, but I do th- want to pause here and because I know that we've gone from Esther to Mordecai to, you know, Haman and the king and all of this stuff and really and truly it's so powerful and it's so much. I think we need to stop and just look at our own lives and look at what God is saying in this story. And the reason why it's in the Bible is the fact that God wants us to know that we shouldn't get so stressed over our details, even though our details and the stories of our lives may not look the way that we thought our lives would ever look. And we just never know what God is doing. And I think we should just stop and just reflect on where we are right now in in our personal lives, whoever is listening to this conversation, and ask God to to show you, say, God, can you show me your presence in these situations and these circumstances in my life? Because I know we're reading from Esther's story but we weren't there and we weren't living it. And so it's easy to read our her story and see the end of the chapter and see how it ends where we don't see that in our own lives right now. And I just think that as we, you and I, and, and even the people that are in this conversation is to just look at where we are and say, am I bitter? Am I angry? Do I feel like God has just allowed me to wander around and he has no rhyme or reason of why I, I keep trusting him to do something and I don't see that he's changing my circumstances and you know, just stopping and, and just saying day to day, God, I'm going to embrace where I am. God, I'm just going to know I don't know why I'm where I am in my life. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But for right now, today, I just want to ask you to show me your presence in this, your hand. These circumstances are way beyond what I think and to help me to see where I am today in the life that I'm living and the circumstances of my life today are literally under your control. You're still king. You're still on your throne. And Father, I want to trust you. I don't know where we're going to go tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how this uh, situation is going to turn out. But I just need to stop right now. And I just need to say, God, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to hear about Esther and how you're in the control of every situation and details and let me turn that around into my life and apply it to my life. Because God is still on His throne. God is working in each of our lives, and He's doing something far more than we could ever imagine. 
Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.